Welcome to episode 32 of the Pinnacle Leadership Advancement Podcast. In this episode, it's a bit of a book review, if you will, on the book Primal Leadership from uh, Daniel Goleman and uh, several other authors. Uh, The topic is emotional intelligence and how we can bring that out, how it does um, create a primal response. And and there's a lot going on there in how we lead uh, using emotional intelligence skills. Uh, We find it a very relevant uh, work and uh, absolutely something we can apply in our workspaces. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey there, we've got another episode today on Pinnacle Leadership Advancement. Uh, Today we wanted to talk about a book, Uh, Chad had read a book or was familiar with it, and uh, I was certainly familiar with the author, um, Primal Leadership, written by Daniel Goleman. Daniel Goleman has written Emotional Intelligence. Um, Both of it, I think, is is, uh, work that we've studied in in some of our uh, academic circles, uh, both Chad and I. And so we wanted to really kind of go dive into this book, Primal Leadership, uh, if nothing else, kind of to benefit ourselves, but then also to hopefully benefit you and the audience. Um, so uh, let's dive in. Let's get into this primal leadership. Chad, how are you doing today? Great. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I kind of I've gone through this content a number of different ways over the years, uh, introduced to the field of emotional intelligence in a graduate level program, uh, well, probably six, seven years ago now. And it just it fascinate, fascinates me as I as I coach others, and I, I think it is is a, a field of knowledge as we can get it out into the the leadership realm of every level of leadership of understanding mm-hmm. what what is meant by emotional intelligence uh, as mm-hmm. you know bringing the the EQ out there to leadership. It, we we're all very familiar with IQ. Um, Right, right. What is EQ? And, and, and I think Daniel Goleman is, is one of the best in the fields. So yeah, certainly probably one of the founding fathers, if not the founding father. I mean, he wrote, wrote the book Emotional Intelligence. Yeah. And so I think to just kind of lay the groundwork for what we would even describe emotional intelligence as, right, we may hear EQ and not necessarily know or have a common definition of that. So uh, I think one of the things Daniel Goleman talks about in this book, Primal Leadership, is this idea of like the open source loop and kind of going back into our biology and understanding, um, you know, kind of in the in the primal days how we how we were connected to one another, where, where somebody on the outskirts of of our camp, let's say, is kind of nervous and acting nervous. Well, maybe we would have an emotional response to that nervousness or anxiousness, and and that probably helped keep us alive because maybe that anxiousness was about danger approaching in some way right and so he kind of starts out talking about this kind of emotional uh open source where we are connected and and we do experience kind of one another's emotions and it takes some work to to distance ourselves from that when that's appropriate but that's kind of our natural inclination and proclivity and so um i guess identifying that as kind of the baseline and then as leaders recognizing that that exists and how do we create kind of this culture recognizing this this open source loop that's happening and occurring in this connectedness uh how do we create this kind of leadership and culture that's one of um you know confidence and one of um, self-management and self-control and awareness and of our emotions and how to i guess engage in the work that we have to do 
Um, Chad, what would you add to that and kind of thinking about that? No, I just going through that, that part of the book to me is it's one of kind of the easiest ways to kind of wrap your head around emotional intelligence. I think when people first hear the word, the first word you hear is emotional and and you're like, well, it's a workplace. We don't, you know, we don't need to deal with other room for emotions, but you know, your intelligence quotient, your IQ is how smart you are. And and we kind of, we can learn, we, we easily say we can learn from a book. We can learn all these other things, your emotional intelligence, your EQ, how much do you understand emotions? Right. I mean, that's where I've, I'm like, we, what does this really mean? But it's how, how smart are we? How do we understand the world of emotions in, around us, ourselves, our coworkers? And when they describe that in the book, the difference between a closed loop system, like your, you know, your blood, it's pumping through your body. It's closed loop. There's the outside world doesn't really have a direct in, impact on that. If you know, um, you know, if you get hot, cold, you control that. It's all in your in yourself. Your emotions, though, in this, this open loop, as they call it, is, um, you know, our emotions are affected by feedback from the outside world. Mm-hmm. And we have to, the more we understand that, that, that this emotional part of us is, is an open loop. It it's relies on out input from other, other people and things going on in the world. And, and I think that's an important part to bring into it as, as leaders in, in any field that we're in is how, how is that open loop system being fed? Are we monitoring it? Do we understand what's coming in? And then likewise, are we able to interpret it? Mm-hmm. What do we correctly? And, mm-hmm. you know, one of, you know, the things that comes out of this empathy, how, how, how are we recognizing how we're affected by other people? And I'm sure you've experienced too. Sometimes you just get this feel from somebody in the office. You're like, something's not right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. are they mad at me? You know, and then you get in this, this weird loop of trying to de- decipher what it is. Right. And we can, that's really where getting in terms with in touch with and understanding this field of emotional intelligence and understanding our, ourselves and, and how we manage ourselves. And these are kind of the, the areas that they get into in the book. But I think that is, you know, just foundationally, you know, consider what is emotional intelligence and then know that it's this open loop system. It's fed, fed from the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, I didn't, that honestly just kind of made me think of some stoicism and uh, in a way how the outside, um, I mean, I think this, some of the stoic philosophies would say, it shouldn't affect us. Um, don't be affected by the outside world. And I think just recognizing that it does, but monitoring it, as you said, I think is where kind of that stoicism comes in of self-control. And I, there's also an element too, I guess, that it makes me think of in terms of like nature, right? If we're out on a hike and it, and it starts raining, that's affecting my circumstances. But my attitude is really what I have control over. I don't, the nature doesn't care that it's raining on me right? It's ambivalent. But uh, my attitude and how I'm thinking about the rain on me, assuming the rain's an unpleasurable or or unpleasant thing, um, can really drive uh, the whole experience. And then if I'm with other people, right, you know, let's say I'm leading the hike or something, that's also going to affect their experience of it uh, in this open source loop. So um, how I guess I really like the ideas of the ambivalence of like nature in this example, that it just doesn't care. But what I, what 
important is how I'm thinking about it and then how I'm treating other people uh, within that. No, that, that's a great, great way of looking at it. I mean, that, that's just so perfect because there, there are a lot of things in, in the world that, uh, you know, there, it, mother nature just marches on, d- doesn't mm-hmm, care mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. us. But, um, be, being emotional, intelligent is, you know, like you said, not, um, you know, not letting it shape you, but, you know, knowing that you have a choice and, mm-hmm. and that's the self, man, you know, the self-management part of that is, you know, how, right. what choice do I make? And that, that is a lot of, in the, the stoic philosophies and stuff is it's all about reasons, choice. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, so I think primal leadership, one of the things there's four and domains, I think he calls them, but I think one of them is awareness. You just said that word, right. And so one of them is awareness. And I think uh, one of the things that I took out from the book was um, how important it is to, I think empathy, we think, oh, it's important for me to know how the other is feeling and to recognize what they're going through. But one of the things I got from the book in, in primal leadership was how important the it is to understand the situation. If I go back to it's raining on the hike, to maybe even recognize, wow, this is getting tough. Like this is kind of uncomfortable and, and tough. Um, how important it is can to have the awareness and to be able to identify what the situation is, maybe what reading the room, right? And kind of how the room is feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the self-awareness is that first part of it is to, to understand uh, yourself a little better uh, to, to know when you're, when you're being triggered. They, they do go into some of the neuroscience behind the amygdala and, and that fight, flight, or, or freeze response. Uh, and, and knowing, you know, yourself, when do you get triggered? How do you get triggered? Um, you know, may, maybe there's just other people act a certain way and that, that sets you off for some reason, but that's, um, uh, you know, again, you know, in that primal leadership, I think that the title of the book explains, you know, when, when we go into that limbic part of our brain, it's a very primal function. Uh, and if you're, you're that, you know, person leading that hike out in that rain and, and you're not aware of that response in your brain that says, you know, we need to, you know, one response would be, let's just freak out and run. And you know what? Well, no, we need to make Mm -hmm reason choices here not get lost in a rainstorm that would be even worse right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's just mm-hmm. you know having that awareness of yourself and what triggers you and and then the the second part of that and is that self-management um you, you know that that is where i think in in leadership it it gets difficult because sometimes we have to make the difficult decision to not react when somebody tries right. to our buttons um, to really assess the situation, um, understand what's going on. And, and uh, we talk so much about being in touch with your core values, your mission statement stuff. And I think I'm big on that because when we can always go back to those core values, it helps us manage ourselves better. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, going off on a tangent or getting upset about something's not in alignment with our core values and, and to, you know, help us manage ourselves. In those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know, this hike seems to be a good analogy, but I think having even um, as a team, right, if, I mean, to have that, that mission or core, the value statement of why are we doing this? Why are we out here? And I think when that adversity comes, it's a lot easier to go, oh, yeah, we, you know, we really wanted to climb this hill or we wanted to do this together or whatever it might be. 
But I think having that that core value, even within that, you know, why are we doing this hike uh, specifically? Um, I think really adds a component, an element that that gives, I guess, a foundation for keeping us on the mission, keeping us going. Uh, as you said, you know, we, we could freak out. That could be one reaction. Uh, another could be to deny, oh, it's raining, but we're going to act like it's not raining and just, you know, act like it's we're happy and this is fun and easy and comfortable when when really it's it's uncomfortable and we're getting wet and it's it's challenging in ways maybe we weren't expecting. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's nice to kind of paint some extremes there and thinking about being on the hike and how, what the difference would be if there's a leader that's sort of recognizing you're probably uncomfortable right now. You know, that's something we're all kind of feeling um, and and going from there definitely makes the hike a bit easier. Yeah. And that, so then the, the other two parts of that, so we've kind of covered uh, two of the four, the self-awareness and self-management. And the mm-hmm. other, other two competencies are social awareness and relationship management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like you were saying in, in that, uh, in our, our hike scenario, it's that, that social awareness are, you know, what is the, really the feel of all these people that are around us? How, you know, again, the, the emotion part is, um, you know, how, how is this whole group in a social dynamic working? How aware are you of, of what's going on in that situation? Mm-hmm. 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 And then I suppose that that leads into the relationship management of once that awareness is there, how, how do we manage those relationships? Um, and I think, I don't know if, if this story was related to relationship management, but, but the book Primal Leadership talked about a leader and I don't remember, um, but they're both, you know, super well-known um, Jack Welsh types, which actually is brought up in the book, but it wasn't Jack Welsh. Um, but this individual, uh, there was a, an employee that was eight months pregnant and he talked to her like every night for like a month on, uh, you know, what did she want to do? What does she see herself down the line? And really just ask kind of these probing, caring questions about her and her life and really kind of more on this relationship piece, not, you know, what are you going to get done today? What do you want to do next week? But really, you know, what are your missions? What is your value statement? I think I got those is and are wrongs, but you know, what, what's your mission statement? What's your value statement? And really in done in a caring way, right? And, and uh, recognizing that it, it wasn't this selfish, like, you know, we want you to be here or we want your role to look like this. It was really kind of allowing her to um, frame her and to vision cast and allow her to kind of do her own, um, I guess, visualization, which is really cool as coaches getting to do that. And that's kind of what this individual manager was doing. But then this, this uh, person wound up becoming a, you know, supremely, um, uh, I don't know, powerful, but just like if it was a CEO or just, you know, really influential, uh, successful um, individual and contributor into the workforce and workplace. And so um, just using that as an example, kind of for that relationship management, uh, and how important and powerful that can really be. Absolutely. And I mean, that's a, a big part of it is um, in the book goes into kind of like different leadership styles uh, and, and how to relate and, you know, what each style is better at versus commanding and, and right. empathetic leaders. There's a lot of content in, in the book about how these different leadership styles, what their strengths are and, and um, you know, how, how even as a leader, you can shift into these different styles, right? I and mean, we don't mm-hmm. have to always be one way, but it's, 
you know, using these, these competencies to look at your leadership style is, is kind of the science behind it that I get from it is, you know, there's going to be different scenarios, uh, whether it's an emergency in in work, maybe we need to shift into commanding. You're right. But uh, then when things settle down, we can shift back more to, um, I lose all the, the styles I have in there, but you know, you're more of a caring coaching style uh, when things are good and bring people up w- so that they're ready to shift into the commander next time things go awry. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that was something that the book talked about uh, Jack Welch actually, where early in his career is this restructuring and redefining the business. And so it was kind of more this commanding leadership style uh, and then moving as he as he uh, kind of matured, moving into this more coaching empathic approach, um, and they even use examples of of a conference room that's really um, getting in the way of collaboration. It's very stately, and we're all separated on these big conference room tables. And the new the new leader coming in and saying, "Let's you know change you know we're, let's redo the room," um, and not necessarily looking for consensus or sign off. It's just kind of more of this commanding style. Um, but how that that is, you know, was really helpful in kind of producing more of a collaborative and, and, uh, environment where people could talk and, and not have to sort of be so separated, which this room is kind of uh, promoting. But obviously, if we take that command into an extreme, that would look like this is about me. These people need a leader. And so I'm going to just lead and command and do this, and do that. And it really uh, is sort of leading a one man ship where you just, you don't have anybody behind you. There's no, um, there's no team supporting what you're doing. And it's really kind of this commanding style and how taking that to extreme is really going to be ineffective for you. You might get short-term results, but it's going to burn people out. And, and you're really also not getting that, uh, feedback, right. Of, well, is anybody telling me what the problems are? Because if I'm commanding and shooting the messenger that's coming in, um, you know, I'm not going to get the information that I need, right? They're just going to hide it or, or try to, um, yeah, I guess, water it down or send somebody else to go deliver the message. Yeah, and I think he, he has several examples in the book, too, of you know, situations where a leader uh, reached that point where they finally asked for feedback and then got some feedback and was like, well, why have you never been bringing this up before? Um, you know, to where you, then you really, as a leader and you, you realize you've created a situation where you're not getting the truth, uh, because emotionally people don't feel safe to share it. Um, right. And I I think that's, you know, again, uh, one of the things that was coming up as you were talking that too, that I want to make sure we, we, uh, make sure we capture in this is that the interesting thing about emotional intelligence is that it's not, it's not somewhat fixed. You know, we take those IQ tests. Um, you kind of get this, well, that's your, your, your basic IQ. Uh, it, it doesn't change that much over time, um, with emotional intelligence, uh, it, it can grow. You can get better at it. You can learn because it's a, it's an open loop system. So you keep feeding more into you. You can be more aware. You can ask for feedback and, uh, you know, may, maybe by just choice that we happen this this episode is where it is in the chain of recordings but we know a few months ago uh, or episodes ago we spoke with tammy wheeler about the 360 degree feedback process um, that that is one of the keys to uh working with emotional intelligence is to develop that culture where that you're kind of seeking that 
that feedback from everybody around you uh, so that you can grow your emotional intelligence. Uh, you know, the more we understand the emotions of that organization and ourselves, um, you, you know, we, we get better as an organization. And that, that was one of the, the things I've, you know, and, and the book is pretty good. It, it does have information as you go of, of uh, you know, the different skills that are required to benefit these four different uh, competencies. But, you know, that that's just one of the things we look at. Are we creating a culture in, in ourselves to do the work, continuously doing the work to, to grow our emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Chad. That is a really critical point uh, to think about and, and recognize that, that it is malleable. It is something that we can change and grow um, much more so than, than IQ, yeah. which is uh, definitely a call to action in terms of uh, being able to bring this into the workplace. The, the, uh, Daniel Goldman talks about how it actually has been shown to increase profit. You wouldn't think being empathic helps with profit and um, dollars and cents, but it really does bring in even the dollars and cents where uh, it, as even as a soft skill, you wouldn't necessarily think that it does, but it, it, um, there's certainly data points out there that indicate that it does. I think uh, moving into kind of just the key takeaway for me, I've always thought, and, and empathy still is, this idea of you know how the other is feeling. But it was, I don't know if it was just where I was at, but there is really something I thought in helpful in thinking about leadership that, um, that this book, I think, helped highlight, which is how am I feeling? really the awareness of what I'm bringing, the attitude I'm bringing, how I'm reacting to challenge, and really being aware of that open loop system and how others could be affected by that. And then really being able to name it and step into it. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Gosh, this really feels frustrating. We're, I don't feel like we're, react, we're operating very efficiently right now. What do we need to do to strive to a more effective and, and efficient kind of workflow? Um, but to be able to name that in myself, uh, I think was one of the key takeaways. And, and I wouldn't have thought that that would be a part of empathy, but I think it really helps. The more aware I can be of what's going on internally, the more I can actually feel what others are feeling and not, I guess, not be so consumed with what's going on internally, but to actually, you know, really relate to how others are feeling. Um, and and uh, I think that would help that. Um, that empathic response um, to, to know, but then also to be able to name and bring things into the room, uh, leaving kind of that vulnerability of here's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? How are you reacting to this and processing it? So uh, yeah, with Chad, I, I say shaking your head or nodding your head there a couple of times. What, what kind of yeah, comes well, up? I, I just, you know, that's, that's such a big part in, and that's, you know, why you, I, why you and I do what we do, right. Is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting, people more engaged at work is so I, I think so important to the health of our communities. It, it's just, you know, if we, if we're able to go to work and be excited about what we do, we're more fulfilled. There's less negative energy in our bodies, uh, which leads to health issues. Right. So, um, you know, creating a more emotionally intelligent workforce. And this doesn't mean like a, a non, non-driven, non-go get them. Uh, work workforce at, at all it does drive profitability up when the when the the workforce is fully engaged and, and that does come from building these skills of being an emotionally intelligent workforce uh, and you know when 
My, the big thing for me, and I'm sure I've said it on a number of our episodes here, is, you know, when we get into a workplace, we have team members that are in the coffee room talking about, you know, the famous thing. Well, I don't know what they're doing, right? It, it, it just kind of, to me, says right there, you, you've got a leadership style problem going on where there isn't uh, open, honest, transparent communication uh, and and even that empathy part, you know, if if you're there in the mid mid level management, you can feel there's this separation in the workforce. You know, now you're like, well, hey, you know, how how do far do we have to go to break this down? Understand what's going on. Be aware to yourself. You know, uh, am I truly feeling what the others are feeling? And manage yourself so we don't react if somebody you know, show, shows up late one day and we're maybe not that aware of what's going on in our own life. And we just overreact and make a big deal out of it. Not knowing that, that their maybe their parent had just passed away the night before and they didn't want to share that, it, you know, instead of, you know, learning to be emotionally intelligent and read what's going on in the world around you, it just makes everything operate better in my opinion. And I think that's the work that, that, that Daniel Goleman has done. Um, so, you know, that's, to, to me, this emotional intelligence thing is, is something I'm, I'm very passionate about. I think is, is a very, very important aspect to bring into your organization uh, to mm-hmm. do, do the work, build it. And it is, it is work, <clears throat> work right? I mean, we, we can build our emotional intelligence, but we can also uh, just stay where we're at and kind of not be. It's something we have to always be training to get better at. Uh, we're mm-hmm. humans. We're not, we're not perfect. So um but it is, it's a, it's a great book. I think, you know, they do a great job of breaking down the different competencies and then the skills that go within those. And it's something to note it as we wrap up here is that individual emotional intelligence is a little bit different than the emotional intelligence of a team. And, and they, they line out kind of how you reframe certain aspects when you're looking at the emotional intelligence of a team different than the individual because there's there's some things that just that just change but uh it's a very, I, I think mm-hmm. very very good work and, and a good start and we certainly can't do it a whole lot of justice in 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 this short episode we'll um, certainly touch on some more deep dives and maybe specific parts of it later on mm-hmm. yeah well well great um i think that is a great conclusion for us and, and just kind of high overview intro of this uh topics certainly emotional intelligence we've probably used those words before but really wanted to dive more into that and kind of touch on some of those key uh domains that daniel goldman talks about what emotional intelligence is leadership styles so we covered you know there's the command style and and then um some of the different kind of softer emotionally based decision making uh there's the domains self-awareness uh you touched on relationship communication relationship management um and so, yeah, hope you have a chance to check out Primal Leadership. I think Chad and I both benefited from, from digging into this book. Hope you benefit from it. Uh, shoot us an email or um, hit us up on podcast at pinnacleleadershipadvancement.com. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and hope you uh, gain something out of this and certainly uh, can bring it into your workplace.